It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Lockdown Sooners Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us. I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me as he does daily is former Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman and host of the Iron Horse Podcast, David Walker. You can follow David on Twitter at D underscore walk74. David, happy Thanksgiving. How you doing? How you feeling? You overstuffed? Uh, yeah, I got a little tryptophan uh, intake going and too many sweets and all those things. So, you know, unlike most years, you kind of overeat a little bit and you feel bad about yourself. But you, you, know, you fire up the gym on Monday and, you know, hey, in this time, that's a little bit hard to do. Right. So right. I don't know what I'm going to do to ease this guilt, but I, I got to figure something out. Yeah, I find myself uh, planning to do a few more stairs at work uh, when I go in tomorrow because, man, I'm. I think I'm getting a little too old for this, uh, as they might say in Lethal Weapon, uh, to be able to uh, binge eat like that. Because, yeah, I, like this afternoon and this evening, like my, my I was having like flank pain, and I think my kidneys weren't <laughs> processing all the sugar, so I had to like go and down a bunch of water. It's crazy. Uh, I've never I've never had that experience before. But hey, this is what happens when you get into your late 30s. Uh, your your body doesn't work like it once did. So. Here we are. But uh, speaking of things that aren't working like they're supposed to, we have some college football and really we'll talk about it in a little bit, uh, some uh, basketball postponements going on because of COVID-19. Now, we gave Baylor a pretty hard time earlier in the season on, on one of our episodes here at the Lock On Sooners podcast where we uh, kind of threw them under the bus a little bit for not being able to handle their COVID protocols. And yet here we are as the uh, Oklahoma Sooners have had to postpone the West Virginia game uh, because of their own COVID issues, David. How is that going to affect this team? Uh, really, I mean, should we be surprised at this point with the way COVID numbers are spiking in Texas and in Oklahoma? No, I don't think it's really surprising. I think in some ways, it's, you know, maybe this was inevitable at some point. Oklahoma mm-hmm. had a really good run uh, up to this point, and we saw it across the country with different cancellations, and they've been insulated from that. But I think when you look at it, if you kind of read between the lines on these, and I know they put out some general numbers, but the contact tracing is really what's what's causing this, in my opinion. I think it's it's less positive tests and more contact tracing, which is a proactive measure that you know takes people out of the equation. And so, right. uh, as it relates to their availability, so I think there's, you know, not that that's. I mean, I guess you could look at it one way or the other, but it's not so much that you know the it doesn't necessarily mean that the COVID outbreak has taken hold of the program. It could just be more of okay, we're trying to better be safe than sorry, and we're going to hold people out. So, you know, there's no no manual for handling this, right? Whether that's, um, you know, in any play how to handle COVID. So I think the NCAA, the Big 12, Oklahoma, they're all doing the best they can to manage this and try to keep the athletes safe. But, you know, what it does to to the the momentum that has been built, that's the question I have is, you know, they were about to play in prime time again on Saturday night, and, I think those those spots have been hard to come by uh, for this program. They've played a lot of 11 a.m. games, and 
So, you know, things like that, I think, are the the things that you look at and say, yeah, if we take it as a bye week and we get ready for Baylor, come back around and play that game later, that's not the worst thing in the world. And maybe we get some guys healthy. But from an exposure standpoint, you had a little bit of momentum coming off of these games and we're getting that primetime slot again. So that's, those are things like that that I kind of look at and say, ah, you know, you, you wish it was different. Absolutely. And for a team that is playing really, really good football right now, it, you almost hate to take it, take some time off and take that time off. And they were really finding their strides defensively, especially. I mean, they, they played absolute dominant football against the, the Cowboys a week ago. And you would have liked to be able to see them kind of build on that and, and take that into Morgantown where they were going to need to continue to play really good football because that's a tough place to play. Uh, and so now we're sitting at a, at a, in a situation where they have yet again another bye week. Uh, this time it's not a scheduled bye week. They they have to go into this weekend and, and not play any games. Uh, but what does it say really that it's affecting the whole athletic department? Because now we have men's and women's basketball that's been postponed. They were supposed to start on Wednesday. Those games have now been pushed back. And hey, if you haven't checked out our men's basketball preview from Tuesday, you still have time to check it out before the season starts. Uh, so there's a maybe a, a positive byproduct of that. But what does it say about the athletic department that not just football is being postponed, but we're seeing men's and women's basketball having to push games back as well? Uh, again, you know, John, I think it's just the inevitability of, of all of this. I mean, you know, you can't – you cannot um, take college athletes or, or people in general and bubble wrap them and, and insulate them from the possibility of somebody within an organization or a team contracting the virus. And so right. then when you throw contract, you know, the contact tracing on top of that, well, like sports, like men's and women's basketball, contact tracing, that just wipes out, that wipes everything out right there. If you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how intricate that is, where, whereas football might be able to insulate it to roommates or, you know, or people like that. You know, basketball, it's a shorter roster or smaller roster. So, you know, it's unfortunate for, for the basketball programs as well. I mean, we, we talked about it in, you know, earlier in the week with the men's basketball preview, but here, here the, the men had this great finish to the season last year, finished third when they were picked seventh in the Big 12. They finished third. They're about to go to the Big 12 tournament, go to March Madness, and all that just comes to a halt. They don't get to finish. And now these same players, a lot of them, now <laughs> their season's finally starting a little bit delayed. And now their season opener doesn't even go off as planned. So they didn't finish the season last year. And now they can't start the season this year. So I think psychologically, like things like that are just, you know, I can't, I don't think we can overestimate what that, that toll that's taking on these athletes as they're trying to navigate very uncharted waters. Uh, with student athletes have a lot to manage already with their academics and their, you know, the, their responsibilities on, on the court or on the field. But you throw these different things on there. It's, it's tough. You know, these, these, these kids are in a hard time right now. Yeah, it's incredibly difficult to stay focused when you're having all these different starts and stops. You know, you, you have expectations and, and plans to start the season on a certain day, and, and you know your practice schedule is going to be this. Uh, it, it makes it difficult when your routine is just kind of thrown for a loop. I, I know that we've seen it in our families with, you know, our kids having to stay home from school, and I'm sure it's affecting these kids, you know, these, these student athletes, not just from a playing standpoint, but again, like you talked about, it's going to affect their academics as well. And it's just going to affect, um, yeah, just their ability to maintain that, that consistency and that, that schedule and that discipline, because if they're not able to practice and maybe not even able to go to the gym and work out, what is that going to do for their just preparation to get ready for a season? It's going to, it's going to throw that for a loop as well. And, you know, let's just, and I also want to be clear, like this is not 
something that's just uh, Oklahoma specific. It's affecting you know sports at every level, and it's affecting you know even professional NFL teams. You know the Baltimore Ravens had to postpone their game with the Pittsburgh Steelers that was supposed to be played on Thursday. It got pushed back to I think it's going to be played on on Sunday at this point, and they're having some of their stars ha- are having to sit out. Lamar Jackson tested positive for COVID-19. Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, you know, these big time players for them are having to sit out of this game. And so it's just it's just an example of how this this is affecting not just college athletics, but the NFL as well. And and if it's affecting the NFL, who's got countless amount of resources and manpower to uh, keep these, you know, keep the guys from getting the virus, it's only going to affect, you know, colleges a little bit more because they're actually living together in closer quarters. And so it's going to affect them a little bit more, but we're going to get into how this is going to affect just the rest, the rest of the season for the, the football team, how it might impact their big 12 title picture and where they're sitting at with the new college football playoff rankings that just got released. The first college football play, playoff rankings that just got released. Uh, but first let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? Well, College Football Saturdays offer the perfect opportunity to watch football and chill with the only beer that's made to chill, Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Even though there are fewer teams playing on Saturdays, there are still plenty of games and other sports going on to give you the opportunity to relax and have a beer. So whether you're having a beer with friends, cooking some meat on the grill, winding down from working in the yard, or watching a full slate of college football games on Saturday, make sure you reach for the official beer of watching any sport or any team just to have a beer. So when you want to reset from a long work day, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can now get Coors Light in its new look, delivered straight to your door by going to get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Hey there, Sooners Nations. Hey, I want to tell you real quick also about a big deal that's going on with one of our sponsors, Built Bar. Built Bar is having a sale starting Black Friday through Cyber Monday on their website at BuiltBar.com. You can use the promo code LOCKEDON and save an extra 20% off. They're giving you 25% off any purchase that you make between Black Friday through Cyber Monday, but with the code locked on, you can get an additional 20% off. So that's up to 45% off at BuiltBar.com. But hey, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about that. I just want to let you know about that because I'm going to take advantage of that deal. I want y'all to take advantage of that deal as well. In this segment, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about how this, uh, this delay, this postponement of the West Virginia game could potentially affect the Oklahoma Sooners the rest of the season. And David, Based on what we've kind of read and what we've kind of learned, and Jason Kersey had a really good uh, breakdown of this, how that could affect the Big 12. And basically what it comes down to is they need to play at least the average number of games played amongst their Big 12 participants. West Virginia or Baylor at this point in time would give them the kind of the, the minimum number of games, right, of what we need to play in order to qualify for the Big 12 title. Yeah, so from what we can see, the 
as long as you've played eight games, eight of the nine games, then it comes down to loss, the loss column and head to head. And, you know, it comes down to things that would be in Oklahoma's favor to get in the, if you look at it on its face, what I come away with that is saying, we don't actually have to go to West Virginia and win to get to the Big 12 championship. If that game were not to be played, it would actually potentially be something that we could get to the Big 12 championship game without even playing that game. So now you start to wonder like, okay, is it better for that game just to not be played? And not to not that we're running from a, a trip to Morgantown, but if you went against Baylor and you've already met the threshold and now you're trying to, you know, reschedule this game with West Virginia, all of a sudden if West Virginia has issues or Oklahoma has more issues, then that game just can't be played, then it would actually be a competitive advantage for Oklahoma to not have to go and uh, you know put their season in jeopardy unnecessarily given the way that the Big 12 set up this rule. It's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Obviously, a lot will depend on what happens this weekend in the Big 12, which we'll talk about in the third segment. But if you know Oklahoma is able to beat Baylor, which I, I don't think either of us have much concern about that game, then you know, they'll they'll be in a good position to kind of punch their ticket into the Big 12 title game without having to play West Virginia. But a lot of that will depend on what happens between Iowa State and Texas and, and who kind of is – also vying for one of those spots because, uh, you know, say Texas is able to win that game, then potentially you're looking at Texas, Iowa State, both with two losses and Oklahoma with two losses. But those two teams would have more wins because they haven't had any postponements, if I remember right. No, maybe Texas has had a postponement. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Texas does, but it doesn't – the win, so in that scenario, what we can see that let's just say Iowa State and – Texas both finished seven and two and Oklahoma finished six and two. And even if Oklahoma state had two losses and finished seven and two, that it doesn't come down to the win, the winning percentage. It would come down to the loss column and the head to head. So the winning percentage, Oklahoma wouldn't be penalized for not getting to play that ninth game. Okay. So um, but it, it's really, it's a weird situation because it, it, it looks like Oklahoma actually benefits in a few different ways from this postponement one of which they were going to go out there most likely without Austin Stogner being healthy. Uh, it gives more time for Trajan Bridges to get that situation figured out, which we can touch on next week of can try to figure out that, uh, get our, get our mystery solving skills on uh, for next week with the Trajan <laughs> Bridges <laughs> fiasco. But, you know, I think there there's an opportunity for him to get healthier and, you know, who knows? I mean, we, they were, they were missing a lot of guys against Oklahoma state. So, gives those guys an opportunity to get back in the fold as well. But with the players they were going to be missing, you know, we, we, we don't know who had COVID, who got contact traced, but let's just say for argument's sake, it was somebody like a Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to go to Morgantown with Tanner Mordecai Negative. and no Austin Sogner? You know, so, I mean, I, I don't know what it was going to look like, but if you're not at full, uh, full strength and you have the opportunity to push that back two weeks when you're going to be healthier and, have everything in front of you and kind of know what you're playing for when you go there. That's not the worst thing in the world either. But let's talk about the college football playoff rankings that just got released. The very first rankings of the season, Oklahoma comes in sitting at 11th and I I'm pleasantly surprised by that. I mean, I think, you know, obviously they could have been a little bit higher. You look at a team like Georgia who sits in front of them at number nine, also with two losses on their ledger, uh, two blowout losses um, looking at, you know, looking back, how do you feel about Oklahoma sitting at number 11? I, I was also surprised, but if, if you 
if you just told me, if you said, David, we're going to be number 11 in the college football playoff ranking, I would say, wow, that seems high. Mm-hmm. Consider what we've seen, you know, up to this point, consider the lack of movement in both polls, uh, you know, the AP and the coaches poll. But if you would have said that, you know, well, you'll be 11, but, you know, in front of you will be you know, Georgia at number nine, that were, that would actually surprise me because I think Georgia has had, you know, two marquee matchups and they just got spanked both times. Mm-hmm. And their defense that they hang their hat on got crushed both times. So right. I, I feel like they, they have no offensive identity yet. Their defense got, you know, took a beating two different times on the national stage. Whereas Oklahoma's, you know, Achilles Hill, the defense has actually been getting, garnering a lot of praise and they've been seen as this more complete team that's coming on and coming on. So I'm a little shocked there were two spots behind a team like Georgia. But at the same time, I'm just sight unseen. If you said number 11, I would say, hey, that sounds great to me. Let's take it and see what the last few weeks hold. And it's also a little bit surprising to see a team like Northwestern ranked so high. Yes, they're 5-0, and but again, it's Northwestern. Like, yes, they play in the Big Ten. Uh, they've obviously had some good wins, but I'm still a little bit skeptical about their ability to kind of go down the stretch and, and continue to win football games and contend in the Big Ten. Uh, then you got Cincinnati at number seven. I feel like you know they're a deserving team. They've they've been a team that's had a pretty good offensive output. The other thing that's a little bit interesting to see with the ranking is that the the Pac-12 is kind of being punished for their late start. Oregon is the highest ranked Pac-12 team at number fifteen. They're three and zero. Do you think a Pac-12 team is going to have an opportunity to to make enough headway with their schedule to work themselves into the college football playoff picture? No, I don't. John, and I think that I'll go even further than that. I think that the Big Ten is going to have some major issues as well. And I'm, I'm not even worried about Northwestern being up there. I think that's an anomaly like Minnesota last year. I don't mm-hmm. think that's something that Oklahoma fans need to be worried about Northwestern. And Cincinnati is going to finish the season with no top 25 wins, most likely. So I don't even, I'm not even worried about Cincinnati staying in front of Oklahoma. I, I think that this is a lot more of a plausible scenario of Oklahoma being in the conversation for four. I'm not saying they're going to get to four, but being in the conversation for four is something I don't think either one of us thought was even possible, you know, even as recently as two weeks ago. Um, So I I think that you look at the big 10, the reason I think they have question marks is they have the way their season is set up and the way they have the strict contact tracing rules they have, or they're stricter than other leagues that if Ohio state, gets popped with one of those and they have to, they have a game or two that don't come off and they don't meet the threshold for the big 10 championship game. For some reason, like Wisconsin just got eliminated by having you know multiple cancellations. There's a lot that can take place in this the next few weeks. And I don't know what that means for Oklahoma. Obviously Oklahoma's being, you know, in the same situation right now with the cancel, uh, the postponement of West Virginia, but there's some things that could take place that, this could get really wild. And if Oklahoma can be sitting there at nine and two big 12 champion with three to four top 25 wins on their resume, I don't know that necessarily there's really anything off the table right now, which again, I'm not trying to make a bold prediction, but I do think that they'll go from 11 to, to seven, eight, nine pretty quick. If uh, they keep playing the way they're playing. There's a lot of interesting storylines still to play out over the next few weeks because we even have some SEC questions that, that we'll probably want to get into in a later segment or a later show. Coming up next, we're going to get into 
our Around the Big 12 segment ahead of the Big 12 weekend. Sadly, without an Oklahoma football game, it's especially sad for me because when the Dallas Cowboys lose, I look to the Oklahoma Sooners to build me back up again. But no, I don't have that coming. I got to wait another week for Oklahoma football. So we'll get into that. And we'll also get into some uh, some comments made by Kirk Herbstreet about Lincoln Riley's football team this year and how it compares to teams of the past coming up next. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Hey there, Sooners fans, and we are getting into the Around the Big 12 segment of the show. We always do this every Friday to give you our predictions on the Big 12 games that are coming up on the weekend. But we also want to talk a little bit about what Kirk Herbstreet had to say about this 2020 Oklahoma Sooners football team. David, you read those comments. He said that this was Oklahoma's most complete team in the Lincoln-Riley era. How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, I I was thinking – I think that our defense is playing better than any defense Lincoln Riley has had. Agreed. And it's probably arguable that it's playing better than any defense Lincoln Riley has been a part of at Oklahoma, dating back to the two years as OC, you know, Bob's last two seasons. So I, if you're looking at the quarterback position, that's where my question marks come from. So basically Kirk Herbstreit's, you know, the gist of his comments were he feels like this team would match up well and, and be you know be a better football team than the teams of Baker, Kyler, or Jalen. And that's that's where I kind of scratch my head. I'm like, well, to me, if you're saying that they have a defense that plays complimentary football, then yes. But if you're saying that from the quarterback position, I have the same amount of confidence in you know, do I have the same amount of confidence in Spencer Rattler as I did in Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray? I can't say that right now. I mean, I, I right. feel like if I had to, to win a football game, I'm going to, you know, Baker or Kyler are my, you know, it's hard, hard to argue taking one of those two guys over any quarterback in Oklahoma ever. So to me, like Spencer hasn't shown that yet, but it, I think the argument Kirk was making is he doesn't necessarily have to if the defense is playing the way they are. Mm-hmm. Baker and Kyler were in score always mode. Right. Like we always have to score because we just never really know. What's right. going to happen when we get when the other team gets the ball? So, I think Spencer Rattler is able to play and manage a game if he chooses to, with a defense that can allow him to do so. So, yeah, it's an interesting thought. I mean, you know, it might maybe something to put out there on the Twitter poll of is this the most complete team Lincoln Riley's ever had? Just kind of see what our what our listeners think too. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those topics that brings up a lot of emotion because we've had some really good football teams over the last few years. And if yes, you just look at that defense and it's absolutely the best defense that they've had while Lincoln Riley's been with Oklahoma. However, I do have a hard time on the other side because you look at the, like the, that offensive line that produced, you know, four NFL draft picks. Was that was last year or the year before last? And I mean, the, they don't have anybody aside from Creed Humphrey that you're looking at. It's like, yes, that guy's a draft pick. He's a, he's definitely getting drafted. Uh, you go back to the Samadri P Ryan, Joe Mixon, you know, th- both of those guys were taken in the top hundred picks 
or maybe Samadre was like a fifth rounder, but Joe Mixon was a second round pick in the NFL draft. And you got, you know, your CD Lamb and Marquise Brown, both were first round draft picks. Mark Andrews, he was a third round draft pick. I mean, they've had some really good teams, especially on the offensive side of the football. And, and you know, arguably Kyler Murray's potentially the best quarterback they've ever had at Oklahoma. And so it's really, it's really hard to uh, consider that this team is their most complete team. Now, that defense really does kind of move the needle a little bit. Now, if either Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, or even Jalen Hurts had this defense, I would go as far as to say that maybe they're contending for a national championship and they're getting into the college football playoff because we didn't yeah. see pass rushes like this defense is, is showing with those teams. Well, yeah, and here and here's let's look at it this way. If Ramondre and Ronnie were eligible to play in those first few games mm-hmm. in Oklahoma sitting there undefeated right now, I think that's right. that's the way you'd almost have to look at it. Like you'd almost have to say this team's talent level wouldn't have them undefeated if they were at full strength in those games. Now, you could say, well, maybe Baker had somebody out when he lost a game or Kyler had somebody out and he lost a game. Who who knows? I mean we can go back and split right. hairs, but to me, I, I would look at it based on these criteria. When Baker Mayfield went into the playoff his senior year and they had the, the matchup with Georgia in the Rose Bowl, I felt like Oklahoma was going to win that football game and go to the national championship and have a shot to win it all. Mm-hmm. When Kyler went to the Orange Bowl to play Alabama, I didn't feel that way. I felt like they're just going to maybe hope maybe they can keep it close and have a chance. And when Jalen went to the Peach Bowl to play LSU, there was no chance. Like not one ounce of me thought there were, we could win that football game. So – I would say, like, if the conversation is with the 2017 team that went to the Rose Bowl, it's not with those other two teams because they had some big flaws. But that 2017 team had Hollywood, CD, Mark Andrews, you know, those big time linemen that you're talking about, and you know they had Oboe on the defensive line, so they had some playmakers on defense as well. To comp- yeah, I I think it's a stretch. I think it's a little bit of a prisoner to be a prisoner of the moment. The way Oklahoma's defense is playing, because that's what the the Kirk Herbstreit of the world like to see. They like to see the complimentary football, and when you do that, well, you can see like how much more credibility you get nationally once that side of the ball starts taking care of business, which they have been. Yeah, I just yeah, and, and I totally agree with that. I just don't think that this team offensively is as good as that 2017 Baker Mayfield team that, that you just described. And uh, we can, we could probably debate this for days and we'll do that further, maybe down the road as well. We got a lot to talk about coming up. A uh, lot of good off season conversations as well that we want to dig into because they've had some really good football teams. Maybe we'll, we'll go through and rank our top five uh, teams of the Lincoln Riley era or something like that. Uh, but let's get into the big 12 schedule a little bit and let's, breakdown let's go through and our, let's pick our, our our teams let's pick these games so coming up we'll, we'll save the best game for last even though it's the first game that's that's on the schedule but we'll save that one for last because that's the one that everybody's going to be looking toward uh, but the first game we'll pick texas tech traveling to stillwater to play oklahoma state in the 11 o'clock slot who you got in this one i got oklahoma state by seven in this game I would probably go, Yeah, I'd probably go about that as well. I think Oklahoma State bounces back. Texas Tech is Texas Tech. They're just not very good right now. Uh, at six o'clock, you got Kansas State and Baylor in Waco, Texas. Where are you going with this one? 
Man, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Baylor uh, by a field goal in this one. I'll, I'll take Baylor uh, twenty to seventeen. Yeah, Kansas State's just not playing very good football right now. It's gonna be Baylor at home. You know, the last time that we picked a, a Baylor game against a team in purple, it was TCU traveling down to Waco to play Baylor, and I picked TCU and they won. Uh, and you picked Baylor. Yeah. And they, they did. Why you got what? What is that? Why is that relevant to the discussion? Other than <laughs> I don't just know. trying to one up, trying to trying to throw some shade. No, what I don't know, man. My my, Cowboy, my my Dallas Cowboys got blown out today by the Washington <laughs> Football Team, a team with no mascot. I, just, I need I need a win. Yeah. I need a win. Uh, and then okay, at, I'll give at, you that one. And then at seven o'clock, uh, you got. The TCU Horn Frogs going up to Lawrence, Kansas to play the Jayhawks. Uh, do we even need to really talk about this one? Who you got? I, I, yeah. Can I just say, next question? Yeah, next question. Yeah, oh, I mean, I mean, it's, it, it, yeah, it's obvious. I mean, I think like, TCU, just Kansas, I, I just can't. Yeah, I just can't with those guys. Right. <laughs> And they can't either. They can't really do anything. Uh, but let's talk Iowa State going to Austin. Number 15, Iowa State going to Austin to play number 20, Texas. Big matchup as far as the Big 12 championship is concerned, getting positioning and figuring out who's going to be playing in that game. Who you, who do you think wins this game? Man, I've gone back and forth on this. You know, it's it's conflicting, John, for the, you know the, us of the extend Tom Herman crew. Because, man, I just want that guy to hang around as long as he can. <laughs> and if he loses this football game, I don't think it bodes well. I mean, so, you, gosh, I, I know Iowa State's a, a worse matchup for Oklahoma than Texas. I, I believe that in my heart. I believe they have the best running back between those two teams. I think the quarterback is probably a wash between Purdy and Ellinger, at least the way Ellinger has historically played against Oklahoma. And then those big tight ends that Iowa State has, I don't like that matchup for our DBs. But in spite of all of that, I am still going to pull for Iowa State in this football game because I don't even want Texas to have an opportunity to play for a championship, even if it means Tom get another year. So I'm going to go with my heart on this one. I'm going to say Iowa State wins this one 28-24. And this is actually a game that's going to be taking place on Friday at 11 o'clock in the morning. So you get your rare Friday game post-Thanksgiving football treat for you to uh, unwind with. And I, I agree with you. It's I think it's Iowa State. I actually think it. this is going to be the Matt Campbell, uh, Brock Purdy, Brees All coming out party. Texas struggles to stop the run. And Iowa State's got a really good defensive line that's going to really uh, – cause Sam Ellinger in that running game fits. And, and, you know, we talked to our buddy, or I've been talking to my buddy, uh, Pat at the locked on Longhorns podcast. And he was, he was telling me like, if, if Texas can't stop the run and they can't run the ball, they, they can't really do much. And I think that's where Iowa state's going to thrive. And uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be Iowa state stamping their ticket into the big 12 title game. And, uh, and, that, and that'll be good for Oklahoma because it really clears the path. All they just have to do is just win. And they get in. So, yeah. yeah and so, shocker I, for I, you that you picked, shocker that you picked your boy Brees Hall. Yeah. We, we know, <laughs> we know you, you, you love Brees Hall. Yeah. We knew this was coming. Any of our listeners, they saw your prediction coming from a mile away. You got your Brees Hall jersey on. It's okay. We get it. We get I it. Promise, you have to put that aside in Arlington. Yeah. In Arlington, I promise I'm not a Cyclones fan that, that week. That's right. Yeah. I promise I'm not a Cyclones fan. I think, I think actually <laughs> Oklahoma will be better positioned to, to attack Brees Hall that week than they were. Uh, when they traveled up to Ames. So that'll be a fun conversation to have. I do love me some Brees Hall. I think the guy's a really good football player. Uh, 
but yeah, and I, and I like Matt Campbell. I think he's a good football coach too. He's one of those guys I feel like is on the rise. And if you know Iowa State is lucky to retain him, you know for several more years, I, I would be yeah, surprised. He'll do a great job at Michigan. Then. Yeah, yeah, maybe he can go to Michigan. I, I, I for some reason I don't think Michigan's going to have much success, no matter who the coach is. I don't know why. I, I just people just don't want to play for the maize and blue, or the maize and gold. Um, anyway. But we can have a lot of conversations about that too, because I, I just I think Michigan is becoming the Texas of the North, or the uh, yeah, just the the team that's consistently overrated and consistently underperforms. But uh, that'll be my hot take of the day. So, any anything else you want to share? Anything else you want to say about the Big Twelve schedule that's coming coming up this weekend? Uh, no, no, that's all. That's all I got on the Big Twelve. Uh, like I said, just. It's it stinks that Oklahoma's not playing it, but I do think that in the long run, it's not the worst thing in the world, and it might actually help them out. So we'll see. Hey, and we're all about the Boomer Sooners getting helped out a little bit. So, and that's going to do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Sooners podcast. Make sure you go and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple, we're on Google Play, we're on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you go subscribe rate the show. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback, both on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Sooners. We're also on Facebook, Locked on Sooners podcast. Check us out there. And uh, for David Walker, I'm John Williams. We'll catch you on Monday. Boomer. Sooner. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 